Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Poetry Corner Podcast. This is your boy, your host, Matt Foster, for all those who didn't know, and I hope you all had a beautiful and blessed day today. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, tonight is a very special edition of Cafe Nights, and we'll be joined by a special guest as well. So without further ado, let's get on in to the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy, your host, Matt Foster of the Poetry Corner Podcast, joined by the lovely Miss Lizzie Brown. Tell them a little something about yourself, Miss Lizzie. Well, hello. Hello, everybody. So I am Elizabeth Brown, Lizzie is for short. Um, I'm born and raised here in St. Paul, Minnesota, so far away from where Matt is at. Minnesota in the um, building. Minnesota in the building for sure. Um, let's see, what else can I give you guys about myself? Um, I'm new to being an author <laughs> of my two books, Unwanted Confessions Confirmed and Sour Lemonade, which are both poetry books. Okay, okay. Um, so I work as a case manager right now. So, you know, just I'm human, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, I work as, as, as a factory employee at Chobani in Twin Falls, Idaho, and I tell people all the time, because I, I ran into two guys, you know, who work at Chobani, and they asked me a similar question. They was like, Matt, um, do you know anything about podcasts? I was like, yeah, I have one, you know, and he was like, wait, you have one? He said, I just started mine today, and he does, you know, uh sci-fi fantasy all that that's the genre he goes with and you know i told him i'm I'm in the poetry well i started my podcast i told him back in 2019 and my very first episode never forget was like two minutes and some change because i was i was nervous i was like good evening ladies and gentlemen i'm just like now i have the bravado to speak because i've done a few live performances you know and you can't be like deer in the headlights look you know that experience like for you so i haven't um i haven't spoke in front of people i mean i'm getting used to speaking in front of people again but uh before now i hadn't spoken in front of people since 2000 and like 2010 2009 so you know it's been quite a while since i spoke in front of people um and i'm just becoming more comfortable with it the more podcasts i've been on and you know um the the different interactions have all been really great but what is what is that or yeah, what does that experience like for you as far as um, being nervous and trying to read your work and not really knowing how to articulate to someone else's audience? See, that's a good question. That's a good question right there. I love that. I love that. Well, I was nervous because I was a homebody and I still am a homebody. But it's like when I'm in front of this audience, I put on like this persona that I'm in, you know, outspoken, you know, everybody type of person, you know what I mean? I know everybody and out here I've met the mayor, I've met the governor, I've met uh, uh, city officials, I've met police and um, law enforcement, um, uh, uh, lieutenants, I've met the fire chief, I've met people in the community who really own businesses and that came from doing this podcast and poetry stuff, you know, but before that I was like, like, my pastor, he's the one that, you know, pushes the motion for all that. And he was like, yo, Matt, he said, you got this gift. You got this poetry thing. Why don't you go all the way with it? I was like, uh, hmm. 
reading poetry to the world? Uh, no, don't think so. I said they're more so into hip hop, rap, how many chicks they slept with, how much money they get, sort of thing, you know, and not realizing that poetry has a massive, massive audience and it's just slept on. It's under the light of hip hop and R&B and pop and rock and all that because of the fact that all be it's just a matter of the instrumental use, the beat that, that draws people in. Like, if you take uh, beats away from a lot of rap songs, what are they? Just freestyles. And Young Thug said it best in, I think, 2016 in an interview. He said, rap isn't nothing but poetry. You know, and that's, and, and that's what I had to memorize when I was standing in front of this audience, this big group of people in the city park in 2019. I was like, uh... I was like, <clears throat> no. <clears throat> I had to straighten up my tie. Like, look, I'm gonna do this today. I'm gonna do this. I got this. You know what I mean? So I had to pump myself up in my head, and then I started speaking with bravado. And ever since then, a lot of my podcast episodes after December of 2019 was straight, straight go. You know. So, what was it like for you? You know, now that you're a first time author and everything like that. You know, you, how long have you been writing uh, poetry? Well. Okay, I've been writing poetry since I was a young girl. Okay. Um, and I lost my poetry when I moved out of my mom's house um, in the seventh grade. Um, I just moved to, you know, my dad's side of the family. Yeah. And so uh, when I, I lost that work, I felt like maybe it wasn't for me. Yeah. Maybe that's not my calling. You know, um, maybe I'm just not good at it. You know, I had all these doubts and things like that. But then in 2006, when my grandmother passed away, that's when poetry became that outlet for me again. And that stimulation and that meditation, it just became so real. You know, it just became a, a part of my everyday life for me. So 2006 is when I started back writing poetry to current. And last year... Um, I wasn't thinking about being an author. I, you know, I just wanted to write my work and just have my thoughts down on paper and feel as though I'm talking to someone, you know, when no one's listening. And, you know, just that creativity to express myself was enough for me. But my friends all encouraged me to write books, and I thought they were absolutely crazy, but I did. And so now I'm just going to continue my journey with writing poetry. And, you know, I'm just really following the steps that God is putting in front of my face. You know, Amen. maybe this is what he wants me to do. Maybe this is how my message is supposed to be heard. And so I'm just following God's lead at this time, but still writing poetry. Amen. Amen. See, I, like I said, I was raised in a church and I've been writing poetry since I was a kid myself. And like, um, uh, the shocking thing is, I stopped writing it when I was 15 because of the group of guys I hung out with. They laughed at me. They was like, you soft, you know, no, no real man writes poetry. You know, what are you doing? You need to stop all this nonsense. You need to, you know, uh, focus on basketball or hip-hop. And, like, I had a buddy of mine, he used to go to the studio a lot when we were teenagers, and he would record rap music. And, you know, I, I got drawn into that for a little while, but... It wasn't until my adopted mother passed away in 2017 because I used to live in Philadelphia and I moved out here to Idaho in 2016. So um, I was born and raised in Philadelphia my entire life. You know, I lived, you know, throughout the years, I lived in New Jersey, New York and 
back to Philadelphia, but I was always on the East Coast. So in 2016, I took the amazing journey out here and I've, you know, experienced things and, and been places and did things that I thought I would never do. And, you know, long story short, after my, my adopted mom passed away in 2017, that's what got me back into writing poetry. Um, now, for all my uh, OG listeners, it was a book I was working on and I put it down for a little while to focus solely on the podcast and growing it and my YouTube channel and all that as well. It was a book called A Rose for You, and I'm going to publish it this year. Actually, I'm working on it right now. And um, originally, the manuscript was going to be like only a few pages. But since then, it's grown to like exponential. Like I have like three phones. One, I actually use to do this live stream, and the two others are so filled with poetry, I have no room for any other apps. Like I have no room for any app whatsoever, all because of the poems I have on here. And that came from experiences like breakups, you know, loss of jobs, my loss of family members and, you know, uh, gaining new friends, making new experiences, uh, um, going to see places and things I've never seen or been. And those experiences help shape and mold the poetry that I have today. And it was like I tell everybody, it's a God given talent. It's just awoken within you when, you know, when either when you get older when you thought you didn't, you know, uh, remember that you used to write poetry or anything like that, or um, it, it takes a life experience. God will take you through a life experience that'll awaken the poet within you. You know, so that is true. That, but that's what it was like for me. You know what I mean? And now everybody just walks up to me like, "Yo, Matt, uh, I'm getting married in a couple months," and uh, my wife, you know, my future wife, she want me to. Uh, have some special vows. I need here's twenty dollars. I need you to write something. I'm like, bro, I am not a printing press. Like, bro. No, I mean seriously. What I've uh, what I've come across though is that uh, a lot of people want me to write poems for funerals. I yeah. am not a funeral person. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so scared of funerals. Let's just be clear there. When I was a young girl, I made the vow to only go to my grandmother's funeral, and that's. Because I felt like that's just a must. That's just a have to, you know? So I have to go to her funeral. Well, I wrote a poem for her funeral, and it's been nonstop. Like, every single family member that has passed away. I even have in my book, Sour Lemonade. I'll show you guys the books in just a little bit. But in Sour Lemonade, um, it talks about a lot of death in my family. And that's because that's what happened over the course of that time in my life. And it's just... You know, again, it shaped and molded my poetry. Like you were talking about breakups, depression, you know. So I have all of those things, addiction, you know, um, being in love, falling out of love, you know, not knowing what even you look like to you. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I have poems in there like that as well. Just, you know, trying to regain power and strength, you know, within yourself. And it's just, it's been an amazing journey, Matt. It has, and I can Amen. relate to you so much just on, you know, the poetry level and how it really is built inside of us. And anybody can do it, but it's all about the dedication. And it's what do you really have to say? What are you really trying to say to people? Yeah. Is what I get. See, and the thing is, it, it's you got to have a way of elaborating as well. Like, um, you like, there's a way you have to get that message across because you can lose interest in your audience. Um, they said, I was reading this one article in 2015, um, it said, if you want to be a successful poet, 
don't have a lot of big words, which is not true, because a lot of the poetry I've written and I've read, especially by Robert Frost, um, has big words in it. You know, it's all about keeping them in, in, enveloped in the story or in, you know, um, in the format of the poem and whatnot. Because if you can keep them enveloped, you know, you know, involved in nothing but the poem, like to where if they walking down the street, they're walking into a pole because they're like, yo, you know what I mean? And um, a lot of people just think that poetry is roses are red, violets are blue. The sky is blue and I like you. Like, no, you know, it's so, it's so much more to poetry than that, you know? And um, it's an expression of the soul, of the human soul. And it's a journey of life. That's what I love the most about poetry. You know what I mean? And a lot of music we have today, once again, it wouldn't be possible without poetry as the main format, you know, as the right. main platform, you know? But... right. I think someone reached out to me from New York back in 20, what, 2020? It was like, bro, keep going. You got this. You got this. Send me an email. Because I was shy about, you know, putting my Gmail out there, you know, as a point of contact. Because I don't have a hotline where people can call in and say, hey, you know, I heard that poem like 17 times, bro. Stop putting it in this episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I, I like feedback. I really love feedback for those who tune into my podcast. But it, it's like I don't have a hotline. It's like right now I got car note, uh, like rent, bills, and all that. So it, like having a phone line is like, whew. Ah, like, that you know. <laughs> because to be a podcaster, you you really need your setup. Your setup is key. It's very vital and it's very key. You know, uh, you need your laptop, tablet, phone, whatever. Um, you need a microphone, you need a sound system, you need soundproof walls, which I don't have. So that's why you hear a lot of my neighbors downstairs and, you know, in the podcast, but oh, well, you know, kids will be kids. But, um, yeah, it is like, you need those, those elements to have a successful podcast. But also to begin with, like what I use right here, what started me off was this right here. It's a little, inside this okay. couch is a lapel microphone. It's one of those microphones reporters use, and they clip them to your shirt and whatnot. Um, hold on, I'm gonna show you an example here in a second. It's all tangled up, and uh, I got it on black. I'm gonna brighten the light. Give me a second, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So this little clip piece right here, it clips on to like your shirt. Oh yeah. And um, before, before I was using. Um, I was using nothing but my uh, phone, you know what I mean, in the background. But when I started utilizing, you know, the usage of a microphone, I had a stand-up microphone, I had a roommate, and when he moved out, he stole my microphone. It was one of those retro design ones, and um, it was to improve the sound quality because everybody loves my first few episodes, but, like, me on the aspect of the sound quality is like, eh, no, I don't <laughs> want to remember those. But, yeah, yeah. It, um, what got me started, honestly, uh, Lizzie, to tell you the truth, I was watching a Steve Harvey episode, uh, one of his motivational videos, and he said this. He said, either you're going to take a chance on it, and you're going to make it happen, and you're going to take that leap of faith, or you're just going to be stuck to a life of mediocrity. He said, God created you to be something great. He said, whether it's a poet, a singer, a dancer, whatever it is, that you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort, that is what God has called you to do. 
And if you don't right. do it, God is going to pass that blessing of that dream on to somebody else who has the similar talent. Pass it right along. Uh huh. Because he says when you pray for your dream to happen and you're too lazy to to put in the work to make it happen, or you don't have the faith that it's going to happen, and you get off, he said, you get off a of faith street. God is going to be like the mailman. He's going to send to your prior address. You know, if you want, if you got faith and you want faith street, that's where that blessing is going. That's where that answered prayer is going. It don't go nowhere else. He says it don't go to, I don't see how Avenue or I don't believe it Boulevard. You know what I mean? He said it happens right there on faith street. And that's when it hit me. I, I remember that. Uh, I remember that Steve Harvey, uh, uh, thing you're talking about. I remember that and it really caught my attention as well because it was so true. There were just so many things, so many different elements of, of, about, you know, his show um, or about that that specific uh, episode or whatnot when he was talking about being on Faith Street and leaving off of Faith Street and watching your blessings being thrown out the window, you know, and you're just continuing to walk directly past them because whatever is in your life currently mm -hmm. is holding you back. Mm -hmm. and, and you know what? I can't re I can't relate to that feeling more just because writing my books have not been an easy process. Number one, per excuse me, promoting them have definitely not been an easy process. You know, during COVID, that's just been the most trying. This has just been the most trying time to try and promote anything. You know, yeah, because social media is really all that you have right now, as far as platforms. You know, um, but just going through mental health and depression and things like that, it's easy to fall off a of face street is the point that I'm making. Yeah. And I've, I found myself turning a couple corners, you know, turning a couple corners off of face street and having to recenter myself and get back to, you know, what I know to be right. And what I know God called me to do. And, you know, just what I know that will actually help heal me, which Amen. is poetry. Amen. See, and so uh, it, I, I can I can relate to that walking off of Faith Street. You know, I, I've walked off of Faith Street. I've come back. I've turned a couple corners. I've you know I've, I've passed up some blessings. I've received some blessings, but I'm here to tell about all of it. You know, because all of it is what made me a poet, and all of it is what made me an author now. Amen. You know, Glory so. to God. And. um that's the thing, like, we all are guilty of that, you know what I mean? Like, we'll sit around, like, eh. You ever sat around, like, as a kid and wait for your dad or your mom to take you somewhere when they got off of work? You just sitting around looking like, man, they at, man, come on, man, come on, where they at? Like, that's that's how you are as a child of God, you know, when, um, hold on. Sorry about that, I, I got a call from my buddy and whatnot, and he happened to call. I don't know why, but um, anyway, like, that's how we are as a child of God when we're on, you know, Faith Street. We're just sitting on that step like, come on, God. You know, we forget. It's so easy for us to forget as his children that it takes time. God works on his time because they said a day in heaven is like seven years on earth. So you can go, you can imagine God is carefully crafting that blessing, that life that you dream of. He's carefully crafting it because he it's so much more attached to it later on down the line that you can't even see. See, God is, his nickname, one of his nicknames is El Shaddai, meaning God of more than enough. 
I mean, he he gonna make sure your blessing is gonna overflow. But you gotta stay on Faith Street. Amen. Amen. And, and 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 above all that we ask or think. So therefore, once again, it all relates back to like I said, when you pray to him for something, you got faith, he gonna bless you with more than what you asked for. You know what I mean? And like I started this podcast and I never would have thought I'd be linking up with authors, poets, and other, you know, uh um other podcasters, you know what I mean? Because of the fact that I just wanted a few people to listen. But I had a talk with the Lord. This one night in 2019, I remember, I never forget, it was a summer night, it was in July, and it was thundering and lightning, and that's how I knew God was talking to me. And I was like, God, I want to I wanna be a podcaster, and I opened the Anchor app, and I, I got halfway through it. I got halfway through it and almost pressed the back button. We wouldn't even have the Poetry Corner podcast, period, if it wasn't for God pushing me forward. Because when I pressed that back button and that lightning struck the concrete, I said, yep, let me finish this application, you know, for you starting a podcast. Because, you know, um, it was what God called me to do. But I was believing, like, the woman I was with, I was in a toxic relationship. And I'm going to confess that right now. You know, she was whispering in my ear, oh, no one's going to listen to you. Nobody cares about you speaking. No one cares about your poetry, you know. But I had to push through that. And I was like, there's somebody out there. Who would love to hear this? You know what I mean? And somebody. Exactly. So that's what pushed me. Not just that Steve Harvey episode. That like the God really pushed me to do it. And it, it's been an amazing journey ever since. You know, I love it. You know what I mean? So um I'm still learning a few things here and there. You know, um, like I said, just now <sighs> just now getting this book off the ground. Um, I, it's been quite a long journey with this one, um, cause I opened a publication in 2015 and it shouldn't have taken that long, but I kept revising poems. I was sending them, like I was sending them a poem and then I would send them a revised version that's like longer and more, you know, uh, more detailed, more in depth than the one I previously sent. And they were like getting six or seven copies of like three different poems. He's all right, Matt. Come on, come on now. Just send a bunch of other poems. Just give them different labels. Send send me more. You know. And that's what I started doing. And from there, after, especially after my mom passed, I want to do something special. And I told like I promised her. I promised her that her baby boy, out of all four of her boys, that her baby boy was going to be something amazing. You know. And after she passed, that's what pushed me to really do it full full on. You know. And uh, it's been an amazing journey since, but like I said, I really didn't like come here to talk much about myself. I wanted to promote you. You know what I mean? I want to hear more about that amazing book. Tell us about your book. Well, okay, so I'll start with Unwanted Confessions Confirmed. I'll show, so I'll show both books. Mm-hmm. And okay. then, um, so I'll talk about Unwanted Confessions Confirmed first. The reason why I want to start with Unwanted Confessions Confirmed is because this book is exactly what it says. There are some unwanted confessions that have been confirmed in my life that were confirmed by me. I didn't need other people for validation, and that's what made it so hard is because I did have to validate everything for myself um, as I got older. And so Unwanted Confessions Confirmed is about a story of a young girl as an adult that's been experienced with or tested with triumph, tragedy, knowledge, morals, um, values, and confessions. Um, and it's just that book for me is 
I don't know. It's very touching for me. The reviews I've gotten have said that, oh, it's a lot of sexual content in there. But that just tells me exactly what I wanted to know about those readers. And those readers didn't read the work. They just read a poem, went to the next poem, read that poem, went to the next poem, read that poem, and went to the next poem. Didn't take time to understand what the poem was actually saying and how it could apply to their life or not. Yeah, exactly. And, um, it's not a sexual book, but there is sex being talked about in the book, you know, simply because there was abuse in my childhood. Yeah. There was abuse that I saw around me. There was love. You know, there was toxic love. There was good love. There was, you know, there was times where I didn't even know what love should look like. And so this book talks a lot about just experiencing um, things from a young girl to uh, let's say like through high school, you know, uh, headed to college type of type of deal. And then Sour Lemonade, um, this one right here, this is uh, the one that I spoke about as far as being a constant reminder of, um, of keeping your loved ones close, regaining power and strength within yourself. And that this one, um, it truly is just about what it says. It's about regaining power and strength within yourself. It's about keeping your loved ones close. It's about purpose, finding your purpose in life. It's about regaining your innocence. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's about just becoming whole with who you are. And uh, the reason I came up with that book is because 2007, 2016, I lost a cousin. 2017, I lost my sister. 2018, I lost my grandmother and my baby. 2019, Aww. I lost my grandpa. 2020, I lost my other cousin. Do you, do you catch my drift? Yeah, I um, lost my cousin last year, too, so I know how it is. Yeah, so I had to struggle all of these years trying to figure out my place trying to figure out what my purpose was, trying to figure out who can I lean on when everyone leans on me. Oh, yeah. I'm the only that guy. The person that I could guaranteed lean on was me, for sure. You know, there were things that I was told as a child that I grew up believing, and then as an adult, I'm like, what? That was never even true. And so now I'm finding the purpose in those lies. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to find purpose in everything, so... My books are based off of what I've seen. They're based off of my personal experiences. They're based off of just things that people have told me that I really want. I'm a people person, and I really like to help people. And so I, I feel bad when people are going through things, and sometimes that's where my work stems from is how bad I feel for that other person. Yeah. And, you know, if there was or wasn't anything I could do about it, that shaped all of my poetry, just life experiences like your audience may have, like you discussed, you know, it's, it's life. And my books are about life. And if you read the poems and you take time to think about what the poems are saying to you, they can heal people. They can mend relationships. They can, you know, they can get you back to yourself. Like I'll just in the back of, um, unwanted confessions confirmed. I have a repeat daily type of deal going on here, and it just says repeat daily. I am not my skin. My body is not my job. The little me is not me. Blank is me. My self worth matters. I am in control of my actions. Today I choose to be happy, and no one can take that from me. And then I have this uh, puzzle thing at the bottom here 
that says mm-hmm. which piece to your puzzle is missing. And that's because a lot of pieces to my puzzle was missing, but I didn't know which ones. I didn't know how to find them. I didn't know what that looked like. Was it family? Was it friends? Was it relationships? Was it me? I yeah. didn't know. So I put that in my book so that other people could, you know, hopefully find out which puzzle to their piece is missing and, you know, where where their innocence is hiding at or where they lost it and how they could regain it back. Amen. And see, and that's the thing. That 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 um that identity, our identity is very is very important in growth. I think in the last few years, um, we've experienced so much, uh, be it, you know, politically, uh, emotionally, mentally, especially in 2020. Woo. Wow. None of us saw 2020 coming. It came in with a kick of a year. Everybody was no, like, no, 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 it's a new year, new decade, new me. And yeah, we, we lost our identity in the storm that was 2020. And regaining our identity and, and, and finding out who we are. A lot of us get into bad relationships. You know, uh, a lot of us get into workplaces uh, work where we know we're not going to succeed because, you know, we put in for a position that we know mentally we're not going to fit out for. You know, we're not cut out for. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we think that we're something else when we're in actuality. We're this. You know, I'm going to give an example. My uncle, he, you know, he always wanted me to be a pastor. He always was like, Matt, I see you as a pastor. I see you preaching the word of God. I already see you on that pulpit, this and the third. Glory to God. You know, I would love to do that if God called me to do that. But I told him we had an argument and I... And unfortunately, we stopped talking because of this argument. And um, I said, oh, you know, God has called me to be a poet. I said, King David was a was a king and he was a poet. You know, he didn't do anything else besides those two things. I, yeah, he was a human. He lived his life, you know, according to the will of God. But at the same time, he was a poet. You know, that's why we got most of the Psalms. You know what I mean? And 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 parts of Proverbs, you know, but at the same time, he knew what he was. He didn't let nobody say, hey, and he's like, hey, David, what? You're a king. Don't, no, no, don't, don't write no, put that scroll down. You're a king. You give orders. You don't write poetry. No, he didn't, he didn't want to hear that. You know what I mean? And a lot of us, we step out of, you know, to try to be liked, you know, so that we're respected, so that we're, you know, feared, so that we're loved and appreciated. We 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 try to become something we're not. We try to fit a mold that we're not going to fit. We're, if you're a triangle, you should not be trying to be uh, fit yourself in the mold of a square or a circle. Like Nas said in his album, he said well, one exactly. of his songs. He says, "Don't don't try to like if you're a, if you're a triangle, don't try to fit yourself in the uh, mold of a square. You're gonna hurt yourself." You know, so finding that identity and holding on to it is very very important. You know, so. It is. But uh, my thing is though, I would love to hear some of your poetry though. I want to hear something. Oh, I'm gonna give you guys. I was just gonna say if you got if you would like and you would like your listeners to. Um, listen to some of my work I definitely want to share with you and I definitely want to share with uh, your listeners so I'll read one from here from unwanted confessions confirmed and then I'll read another one from sour lemonade I don't how much time do we have Matt well I can go for two hours two three hours tops I, I ain't got I got all the time in the world listen it, it, I go on what you have time for you know what I mean okay well I'll give you guys a, a few little snippets okay 
And I do want to forewarn your, um, I ran into this with another podcast. Um, so I'm sure that you will, uh, put, uh, maybe put a little uh, warning sign or something, but I do want to say that my poetry is, uh, it does have some, um, some bad language in it. Okay. But it has bad language because of the message. And so I want people to understand that I'm not cursing at you, but what I am trying to do is get a message across and my poems will be uncomfortable, but I want them to be uncomfortable. I want to make people uncomfortable because that is the only way to become comfortable. Amen. So, amen. Amen. And my thing is, is, like, I would have, I have, like, a couple guests on on previous episodes. I had a segment called Uncensored and Unscripted, and we would just go off the rim, or we'd just be cussing and all that. So, we, I, like, I don't think my audience would really mind, you know, the, the explicit language. We all grown here, so, you know what I mean? Like, express yeah, yourself. I with another podcast, so I had to make sure I put that out, that, that there's going to be some explicit language, but it's because of the message that I'm sending. Oh, most definitely. Oh, most so, definitely. The first one that I'll read is called Recollection. And um, if you all don't know, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, so where I'm from, born and raised, is where the George Floyd event took place. And um, I, I mean, just think about having to live through that and live through COVID at the same time. I, I nearly wanted to pull my hair out, truthfully. Yep. And I found my outlet. So here it is. Recollection. The thought of one being misunderstood to the point that the light is shining, but the brain is still dim. My energy is not your energy. We did not swim in the same pool. What makes my money less creditable than the neck? You are not my master and I'm not your slave. Slave, you're not, am I? Master, am I not, are you? We bleed the same. Or have we become so dumb to the fact that our brain is like fried okra on Thanksgiving Day? Hard on the outside, mushy on the inside. Bad, bad. His neck was treated like a check. You played the system against him for 8 minutes, 46 seconds, attempted to bounce back and collect more unreported taxes. Floyd's life is worth more than $464,433. Even the wife knew that. Seeing an usher... After the indictment, only to play cat and mouse in your own entrapment. Released on a $1 million bond and fled the state, murdered with no justice, and called a faulty case. Let's fast forward to the burning flames of America. You are black then, you're black now, and you'll be black when, or you're black then, you're black, sorry. You're black, I'm black, but you act like a white supremacist that don't give a damn about what makes me me. At least the term black supremacy contains the color of your skin. When it was time to think about how your end became your beginning, you backed out. There, even that was too much of a black fact. My black brother, don't forget your mama was once labor poor, which made your family systematically oppressed. Mama worked three jobs and daddy was there but wasn't present. See, I told you you weren't all that in a bag of chips. You're black then, you're black now, and you'll be black when you wake your black ass up tomorrow. Stop the Michael Jackson Act. Racism and Justice. Wilmington, North Carolina, 1898. Red Summer, 1919. Toulouse, Oklahoma, 1921. King's Assassination, 1968. Rodney King, 1992. Ferguson, Missouri, 2014. Baltimore, Maryland, 2015. Minneapolis, Minnesota, 2020. 
did we forget to educate that thing we call a brain? Instantly smothered. Too caught up in being authority. Blue silence code. You don't even see that your black is my black and they'll stand on your back once your black is active. Actively fighting for what's right. George Floyd and justice for all. Growth outside the body demands irrefutable systematic modifications, yet keeping every existing person educated about race and justice change. I am my brother's keeper. Not every life matters until black lives matter. That last statement says, God is my keeper. I am my brother's keeper. Not every life matters until black lives matter. Yeah, I love that one. I love that. He, she said, you're going to be black when you wake your black ass up. <laughs> And that's the thing, like, a lot of us, like, you know, I hate this, like, no disrespect to anybody who, who, who's in a, uh, how do you, interracial relationship, you know what I mean? Like, when you down a black woman, or you down a black man that you are currently with, or you, you know, had an interest, love interest with, for someone of another ethnicity, like, oh, you know, you bald-headed, or, or, or you too broke, or you're credit poor, I'm going to go get me a white man, or I'm going to go, oh, you don't cook like my mama, oh, get me a white girl. Nah, why are you going down your sister? Do you not understand that Jesus was, was, was dark-complected? You know what I mean? He created you how he created you because you're something special. I read this one article. Someone said black is beautiful. You know why? He says melanin is the strongest element in the human in the human dictionary. And not just that, in the human science, the strongest element, the most resilient element is melanin. And black folks are made of it. So he says, yeah. he said, carry on black man and black woman when you're being beat down verbally for being African-American. He said, remember, you are the most resilient race out there. So my thing is, it's like, I don't mean no disrespect to anybody in interracial relationships. You know what I mean? I think it's beautiful. You know, I think the fact that they have, you know, mixed babies is beautiful. But don't down someone of the same race so you can be with, uh, use that as an excuse to be with somebody of another race. That thing, that, that right there, that one thing pisses me off. And I know a few guys back home that did that to beautiful black women yeah. at that. You know what I mean? And and black women, like, y'all, y'all, y'all really deserve to be treated like queens, for real, for real. As much as y'all have to put up with. Like, oof. You should, you should, uh, you should listen to this song. I, I, I forget who it's by. I, maybe it's by Rob Wave or somebody, but it's called Think a Black Woman. Yeah. See, yeah, I listen to a lot of Rob Wave, too. That, I don't, I don't know who it's by. I, I, my mom actually put me onto it because I, I listen to a lot of gospel. Yeah. And so, you know, I stopped listening to the music. And I, I'll actually share my experience with you guys because it's actually a testimony that I feel like your listeners should hear and I want them to hear. Um, but it, it's called Thank a Black Woman. And so you should listen to that. Cause that song's really good. Just I'm gonna look it up. So I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. You got me on this stuff. That's really good. I'll read. Um, I'll read another one from this poem or from this book, and then I'll move right into reading one from this book. Um, and then I'll share my testimony if that's okay, and I'll share my social media and things like that. Oh, of course, of course. Feel free to express yourself. That's what you're here to do on the Poetry Corner podcast. Express yourself. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, so this 
poem is called, this one is from Unwanted Confessions Confirmed Again. Okay. And this one is called, I Slept With the Idea of You. Ooh, all right. Ooh. Yeah, I like it too, right? Kind of catchy. I fall short of being perfect. My inconsistency in love, I thought was just fine. My attitude, because my mood changed due to my worries and fears that everything will not be all right. I searched and waited, then searched and waited. I tried to show God my plan. He showed me that it wouldn't work by giving me the temptation. I slept with the enemy at hand. Can't trust heart thrusting for your touch, and still I wait. Waiting for you to come along and teach me to understand you have values, morals, and beliefs in God just like me. The thought of being saved with someone I crave is a blessing in disguise with no faith. I waited for you to love me. I waited for you to hold me. I waited to say I do, and it never came true. I waited. I've been captured by my mind, pressing rewind until the button breaks. Only searching for lost time. She doesn't want me. I'm broken. I'm stolen. I'm thrown. I refuse to play by the rules, so I slept with the idea of you. Damn skies, you know where it's just past 6 p.m. on winter nights? Mm-hmm. I've searched and I waited. I searched, and I've waited to find that time kept going, and I stopped. Soaking in disbelief that you'll ever be real. I searched to find love. There was the devil showing me shit. Literally shit. Same heartache, intermediate happiness, temptation to cut the vein that leads blood straight to my brain. Cutting off heavy vibrations to anything that feels wrong again. I slept with the idea of you. The enemy at hand. Ooh, 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 I see you know what I love that one. I got it. Ooh, I'm going to have to go buy the book on that one. I'm going to have to go buy the book. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's Unwanted Confessions Confirmed again. Um, And then I'll move right into Sour Lemonade. Read them on Sour Lemonade here. Um, which one should I read for you guys? How about I read Who's the Shit? I know. <laughs> it should be me, right? Or it should be you, right? Exactly, exactly. But we're going to figure out who it is. All right, all right. Here it is. Who's the shit? That's right. We're the shit. Strong, healthy, independent, talented black women and men that knows what it means to be African-American. Proud to say we raise our fists high to let the world know. Black power and unity. We all have the same father. What happened to diversity? Men, women, black, white, native, Asian, Hispanic, or Somali, and Nepali. It's our race, not our name. Every one of us comes from a different place, but the same world of equality where passionate love for another nationality needs to evolve for eternity. Fucking niggers, dumbass trailer trash, tie-dye chink, damn wet backs. Ew, look at Somalians, how they all wrapped up stinking and shit. He's Indian when her nationality is really Nepali. Why all of the profanity, derogatory name-calling? Are we looking to create animosity? Nobody said you must like everybody. However, there is a meaning behind King's speech. Respect me, I will respect you. Even when you do not respect me, I will still respect you. You don't know me, nor do I know you. But somewhere, somebody is still fighting for the two. To be friends, not enemies. To be lovers, not fighters. To be free, not afraid. To be one, not separated. So no, you're not the shit. They're the shit. 
successful, hardworking individual troops from a world of truth. And that is, that is. See, I love that you express so many nationalities in that one. You know what I mean? And for all those who feel like they, like, oh, they heard that the racist derogatory lines. No, that's what they're called. That's what those people are called. You know, when they call us the N-word as African-Americans, you know, that's what we're called. But we're much more than that. This poem is about, you know, like, like realizing that you're much more than the names that people give you. You know, those derogatory, disrespectful names, look above that. Don't even listen to that because you are the truth in new shoes, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I mean? I love that poetry piece. And uh, if you want to tell them where they can find you, Miss Lizzie. Yep. Before I, uh, before I tell them where they can find me, I want to leave them with something positive. Because okay. I've made them all uncomfortable and sitting in their seats with their, you know, <laughs> their shake on, you know. So, something that comes from Sour Lemonade, as I said, this book is a constant reminder of keeping your loved ones close, regaining power and strength within yourself. So, the positive uh, quote that I have in here is, growth without change will not happen. Everyone is not meant to be a part of your reality. Let go of the make-believe. You're holding yourself captive with your same way of thinking. So, that's just a little encouragement for people to... Keep pushing, like you and I were talking about in the beginning. Keep pushing. Exactly. I, wrote, I made some little. Uh, I made some some papers here. Hopefully, you can see them. Can you see it? Yeah, I can see them. You can find her. It says here. I'm reading an article and whatnot. It says you can find her on Facebook at Lizzie Brown, and you can find her on Instagram at Beauty Twenty Eight. That's Beauty with two eyes, not T Y. Is beauty with two eyes number twenty eight on Instagram is beauty twenty eight on Instagram and Lizzie Brown on Facebook. And before we all go, ladies and gentlemen, I want to share a secret Easter egg with you all. I was well, adopted. Well, if, if, oh. if I could, Matt, can go I ahead. I'm sorry. A... Oh no, no, you're fine. So as Matt said, um, you can find me on Facebook at Lizzie Brown, or if you type in The Lost Art of Poetry, it'll pop up the same way. You'll see my book cover, Unwanted Confessions Confirmed. Um, my books are on Amazon right now, but they're on Amazon in the ebook format, um, simply because I'm just having such a hard time uploading them for the paperback format. I'm working on it, but it's, it's not there yet. So if anybody would like a hard copy of the book, whether you want it signed or unsigned, you can get a hard copy through me. Um, and how you do that is by going to my Facebook page or going to my IG page and sending me a DM or sending me an instant message. That way I can get back to you. The prices for my book. So a signed copy is $15. A nine signed copy is $10. You can get those through me if you want a physical hard copy until it is up on Amazon. Otherwise, upload it on your Kindle tablet or cell phone. She said you can get it for the low directly from the source, okay? $15. That's not bad. That's a great price for a book. Like, what are books going these days? $26? Like, some going for... I mean, I guess something like that, but because I wanted to keep people's attention like you were talking about, my books aren't very big for that reason. And, you know, it's poetry. And a lot of people are lost in the art. You know, they're, they're lost. And so... I just want to make sure that people are able to afford my work. It's not more so about, you know, charging people an arm and leg. For me, it's about getting the message out there. 
Exactly, exactly. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for this evening. I want to thank the amazing Miss Elizabeth Brown for tuning in and dropping some knowledge and some poetry for y'all. Make sure y'all check her out. Show her some love, man. Show her some love. And, and check out Sour Lemonade and Unwanted Confessions Confirmed. You can find that on the ebook store wherever ebooks are sold. And uh, make sure you tune in to the Poetry Corner Podcast weeknights, well, week mo- weekday mornings at 9 a.m. I used to do weeknights. I'm so used to doing that outro, ladies and gentlemen, because I used to, a lot of the OG listeners know I started at 9 p.m. So uh, make sure you check out the Poetry Corner Podcast weekdays at 9 a.m. And uh, I want to thank the beautiful, amazing, talented Miss Lizzie Brown for jumping in tonight on the Poetry Corner Podcast and showing us all some love and sharing our poetry. Make sure you check out, ladies and gentlemen, Unwanted Confessions Confirmed and Sour Lemonade wherever ebooks are sold. And I want to thank you, the amazing listeners, for tuning in tonight. I hope you all have a beautiful and blessed evening. And uh, before I go, and before she goes, I want to share a little piece of Easter egg information. When I was a kid, my brothers and I were adopted given the surname, last name of Foster, but our original last name is Brown. So, therefore, yeah, <laughs> like, I wanted to share that piece of information. So, but anyway, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Are you making a family connection, Matt? Probably, we probably, I don't know, because I found out we got family in Europe, we got family all over, so we probably might be related, I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, I thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a beautiful and blessed evening yourself, Miss Lizzie. I love you guys. I hope you all have an amazing evening. Take care, and God bless. Thank you, Matt. Do you mind if I take a snapshot real quick, a picture? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> I got us. Thank all right. you, Matt. It was really nice talking to you and your listeners. You guys, again, check me out on Facebook. You can find me at Lizzie Brown or The Lost Art of Poetry. And check me out on Instagram at beauty, B-E-A-U-T-I-I-28. DM me, message me if you would like to get a hard copy of the book. Otherwise, you can go on Amazon and it's there in an the ebook format. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. So Take- much. I truly appreciate you allowing me to be on your podcast and just talk to you and your listeners. It was great. Oh, I'm honored that you decided to share some of your poetry and gave us some great advice and backstory about who you are as a poet and a person and an and author. I thank you for just like showing us some love here in the Poetry Corner Podcast. And I hope you have a beautiful oh, and blessed night. Absolutely. Well, you have a good night, man, and I will hopefully speak to you soon. Oh, of course. I'm always, just hit me up any time of the week. I'm always up for conversation. Sounds good. All right, take care. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that was the amazing Miss Lizzie Brown. I do apologize about the audio in the background. My apartment is paper thin, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Not really, but, you know, my uh, neighbors are watching the movie downstairs. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you all for tuning in to tonight's episode. Once again, uh, this is a very special episode. Um, 
And I thank you all for just rocking with me to the end. And before we go, ladies and gentlemen, before we go, I wanted to tell you that you guys are truly amazing. The reason why the Poetry Corner podcast is as far as it is today is because of all of you amazing listeners. Give yourselves a round of applause. You guys are legends. You guys are amazing. You guys are talented and blessed and beautiful. I love you guys. Take care and God bless.